0: This week on the Mic Drop, the MLS season is right around the corner and we are all in for FC Dallas. We hear from FC Dallas and Kansas City Chiefs, Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt. He tells us why the club's off-season moves have FC Dallas positioned to get back in the playoffs. We talk about our area's 2026 World Cup bid, and he reveals the best business advice he ever received. Beat reporter John Arnold gives us his take on the positive signs for the new season, and lets us in on his favorite locals-only spot in Deep Ellen. But first, we get to know new head coach Nico Estevez. He previews his vision for the team, which includes an attacking style of play. So let's drop the mic and let's go. everyone Kevin Sullivan here joined by Monica Paul the executive director of the Dallas Sports Commission along with next level Marcus Carr thanks for listening and subscribing follow us on social media at Mike Drop Dallas episode 49 Monica gotta be Charlie Huff of the Rangers in the spotlight for us this week the knuckleballer was the starting pitcher for the Rangers from 1980 to 1990 when 139 games in those 11 seasons. When he left the Rangers in 1990, he was the winningest pitcher in franchise history. And he's still the winningest pitcher in franchise history. Remember the Rangers Hall of Fame, famous episode in 1987, when his catcher, the beloved Gino Petrali, had four pass balls in one inning, tying the all-time record. So for episode 49, we remember number 49, Charlie Huff. Monica, it's also our one-year anniversary honor about this date one year ago we launched the mic drop you have a favorite memory from our year together
1: Sully, uh i not one favorite memory i think they've all been great memories uh, we've had so many uh distinguished guests with us really shows the magnitude of uh, sports in dallas and the, the business of sports and uh how we're kind of the central location for that from you know the businesses that we've had on the uh uh, the athletes, all of our professional teams, the athletes that have may not be playing any longer, but call Dallas home, and the philanthropic uh, community initiatives that that everyone is engaged in, uh, our media representatives, and, and quite honestly, I know I'm short here on the downloads a lot of times, but uh, those have even been uh, quite interesting to to get get you know just different perspectives. So, um, you know, after looking at the whole entire year, I'm quite certain that we are. Uh, the best and top sports destination in, in the United States. And uh, I just, the magnitude of guests has kind of uh, blown me away. And I'm, I'm very proud that we made it a full year. So uh, more to come here over the next year.
0: The best is yet to come. I still think, you know, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Cowboys, great. Charles Haley, bringing flowers to you in the studio is probably the, one of the more memorable moments of the year. We've had important conversations about race different things we've highlighted great athletes and former Dallas-Fort Worth greats like Troy Aikman and and many 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 others you know current uh Brayden of the Stars Jace, Jalen Smith when he was still on the Cowboys GMs you know Michael Finley with the Mavericks Jim Nill uh with the Stars all the uh all the teams have been well represented but we've also learned about events that people may not even have known took place in, in our in our area, you know the World Food Championship comes to mind. Uh, Mike was a great guest on on that on that one. All kinds of things, street racing with Red Bull. I mean it was it's really been fun to to have that combination of highlighting Dallas as a as a sports destination. Uh, the company's based here, you know just the whole the whole package. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, and speaking of rolling, there's always something rolling at the Dallas Sports Commission. What's the latest?
1: oh boy it's been a busy week uh you know uh, i guess top of our list is we've had uh, discussions this week with fifa have uh, more discussions uh, over the next two weeks so i think we're going to see some progress and uh, get into some negotiations still aiming for that uh april may june uh timeline of uh, fifa announcing the host city so that's been very very exciting uh this week we have the ATP Dallas Open in town, so I had the the pleasure of spending some time with Dan Hunt. I know we have Clark coming on here shortly, but Dan Hunt uh, out at uh, the the tennis event yesterday, and it was fantastic. Crowds were great, uh, the tennis was uh, very competitive. So uh, great to see that at SMU and and you know ATP two fifty level uh, t- professional tennis back here in the Dallas area. Um, we've uh, been preparing with for the next tour. It's coming up in May. Uh, so Soccer United Marketing has been here in town this week and uh, looking for, looking to identify some cool locations in the downtown area for for more of a fan festival and some concerts and and that sort of thing. And then, of course, uh, we had WWE's uh, team in town uh, for WrestleMania as we continue the community caravan. Uh, Booker T was was here with them, and uh, they were uh, honoring one of the community champions uh, for their program out at Oak Cliff, or for Oak Cliff, is, is actually that nonprofit. So uh, a lot of things happening this week, uh, and, and this is our busiest time of the year, so we don't expect them to, to slow down.
0: From what I saw on social media, Booker T brought his A-game to Oak Cliff and oh. the schools he visited,
1: I definitely heard that. I, when I, I wasn't able to be at the event yesterday, but when I got back to the office, they're like, Oh, Booker T was amazing. Monica. And I'm like, I have no doubt.
0: And it was nice to see a friend of the pod. John Isner advanced to quarterfinals at the Dallas open. He's the kind of the host of the event and had a big charity event. Like so many Dallas based athletes gives a lot back to the community. Uh, We had a mic drop kind of moment in the news this week that Tony Romo, uh, Co-executive producer on a forthcoming TV drama series about a fictional football team, pro football team. One of his fellow executive producers is Chase Crawford of Gossip Girl fame, who also happens to be Tony's wife, wife Candice's brother. So football drama, Monica, are you in?
1: Oh, yeah, I'll, of course. Watch it. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, and I think Tony will be successful with it. So uh, definitely looking forward to that coming out.
0: Another athlete who came here, starred here, stayed here, and had business success in in Dallas. Uh, Back in a moment with new FC Dallas head coach Nico Estevez, but first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors.
2: Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup.
0: Thanks, Rachel. And now we're pleased to welcome to the Mic Drop new FC Dallas head coach, Nico Estevez. He was named on December 3rd, had been an assistant coach under Greg Ber- Berhalter for a number of years, the last three years with the U.S. men's national team, the Columbus crew. Before that, Nico is a native of Valencia, Spain. He has lots of international experience, lots of academy experience. Nico, welcome to the mic drop. Hello. Good morning. Thank you. So we have, we got a couple of preseason games left at home on February 12th, 12th versus San Antonio football club. And February 19th against Houston Dynamo uh, at Toyota Stadium. Of course the regular season starts February 26th against Toronto at home. What will the fans see, you know, as the Nico era gets underway here? How do you describe your approach as 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 coach?
3: Well, um I like to have uh teams that can transmit energy, uh, can transmit passion. Um they they want to be brave, uh they dominate the, the game, and uh, we're working uh, in that in that way. And then we're in the process to to get uh, this way to play. And uh, as we always said, uh, it takes a little bit when it's a new coach. Also, we have a number of new players in the in the roster. But uh, the the guys are doing a, an amazing job during this preseason. And I think we're doing the, the right steps to to put this on the field, and the fans uh, feel proud of us.
0: What, what, what would you say your long-term vision is for, for FC
3: Dallas? Well, I think uh, we have to be a consistent team uh, that made the playoff and, and can fight for, for the MLS, right? This is the long-term that I, I'm seeing, and this is what I talk with Hans when, when I interview with them. And I think if we, every year, are able to do a good analysis of what the needs of the team and make the right decisions – uh, we can be a contender every single uh, year to, to make the playoff and the fight for, for winning uh, trophies here. When you were
0: introduced, Clark Hunt, uh, owner, chairman, uh, described you as a great communicator and as someone who would hold the players accountable. That, that's a kind of a buzzword in, in professional sports now, holding the players accountable. How, how do you do that exactly?
3: Well, I think uh, we as a coaches also have to adapt to the new era of uh, social media, of uh, the young players are different, they have different thoughts, the different way to approach life that they were in the past or... And then for us as a coaches, we also have to be prepared not only in the tactics, if not uh, in how we can uh, make them to believe in something, right? And uh, hold them accountable for something bigger than, than themselves. And I think uh, what I've learned during these years with uh, with Greg and how his ability to adapt to young players uh, to the new era uh, that the world is <coughs> is becoming um, it helped me to uh, understand how we as our coaches are not only coaches but you know, also like kind of teachers uh, where we we can make a, um, simple um, all these c- complicated uh, tactics but also understand the human being that is behind and uh, help them to grow also as a person. So, Nico,
1: uh, we obviously know in in any of our professional teams and sports, fans are extremely important. Um, What would your message be to the FC Dallas uh, fans and supporters going into this next season?
3: uh, My message in seeing how the, the players are training every single day, we had a really, really tough session yesterday um very very hard uh, double session morning and the afternoon and seeing the energy uh the passion the willingness to to run the mentality i think uh they're gonna see a team um that wants to to win right and they wants to give everything on the field uh that when the game finishes, everyone understands applause them because they gave everything that they have
1: so uh, FC Dallas has had some, you know, of the, their players on the U.S. Men's National Team here for this uh, qualification. Uh, the next World Cup qualifying match is uh, March 24th versus Mexico. Based on your time with the team, do you feel good about our chances of qualifying for the World Cup? What What could we expect here over for that March 24th match?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think the the U.S. Men's National Team uh, are going in the right in the right way. I think the the progress that the the team has made in the last uh, three years is incredible. And we've seen how many changes has been there, how many new players, and also how the style of play has been uh, integrated and everyone understands and knows. And now, you know, it's a team that is really solid and they are going to approach these three games, uh, I think, with the right mindset, uh, with the right preparation. And uh, I'm very confident that they they will make uh, and the World Cup in in the next three games they will make it done.
1: Well, uh, we we have this big initiative here in Dallas uh, to try to become a host city for the World Cup in 2026. Your ownership and and leadership and Dan Hunt and Jimmy Smith and uh, Gina Miller have been instrumental uh, working with me to. To put that package together and talk with U.S. soccer and, and FIFA, um, based on your experience, what could this World Cup, uh, you know, opportunity in 2026 mean for the Dallas area? And maybe even based on your time here, why should we be hosting a, a World Cup uh, in Dallas?
3: Well, <clears throat> I came here in 2014. My first experience in, in Dallas and in, uh, was in 2015. Um, And you could see, like, this club is all about soccer, all about development, all about to uh, get better and uh, be a reference not only in the States, if not around the world, on how they run the the club and how they develop young players. And now also how we can become a team that is a contender uh, every single year for MLS uh playoff and and have the chance to to win i think a, a world cup uh, in dallas will mean a lot will reinforce all the investment that the the ownership is is making all the growth of the of the club uh, in every area and i think this will give uh, them uh, the next step to become a, a more if not is yet a reference uh, club around the wall in soccer
0: Nico, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your yourself personally. What do you like to do away from the pitch? Uh, hobbies. What, do you, what what are you what are
3: you all about off the off the job? Um, you know, something that it, it relaxes me, keep my mind a little bit out of this, uh, you know, stress uh, wall, is to cook. It's something that I found very very nice for me, a lot of calm. Uh, put some music, um, start cooking um, for for friends, for family. Something that I enjoy is, you know, even if I have to be a couple hours doing it, uh, I like to find this this time and and also this bring together family, brings together friends, and I found that a very very uh, very nice way to to bring people together and also relax me a little bit uh, because then it's, I'm thinking in other things and i try to do every time i have a day off I, I try to to spend some time on that and and give me this this uh, a little bit a uh, break uh, that sometimes uh, your your mind need to to get energy for for the next day um i like also to do uh, a sport I, I like to go for a run also cycling uh something that i start in in, in chicago um and and give me a little bit also it's interesting because you get a lot of good ideas when you are doing a sport uh, a lot of things come to your mind uh it seems like the, the mind start getting free and uh and uh, i like to do uh, spend time with the family um and um, read uh, some books uh also see some show uh, tv shows documentaries i like a lot of the documentaries based on uh, real um things that have happened in the, in the world or to people, uh, a little bit of a variety. And uh, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, try to find some time uh, sometimes to, to do other things. Nico, thanks so much for your time today. We know you, how busy you are. We're, we're
0: really pulling for you, wishing you all the best. Uh, welcome to town. All, all the best with FC Dallas. And everybody go to fcdallas.com for ticket information, preseason games coming up. February 12th versus San Antonio FC, February 19th against the dreaded Houston Dynamo. Uh, and of course, the regular season starting on February
3: 26th at home against Toronto. So thanks again, Nico, and all the best. Thank you very much. And I appreciate uh, the interview, the opportunity to to talk with you. And for me, just a message to the fans. Uh, come to the stadium, support the team. Uh, we're going to make you proud, okay? All right.
0: Thanks again, Nico. Great stuff. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors.
3: Thank you.
2: All right, Sally, what are you doing this weekend? Because I'm going to the Dallas Zoo. The Dallas Zoo provides guests with real life opportunities to make memorable connections with its more than 2000 animals. Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com today to purchase your tickets.
0: Thanks, Rachel. And now we're joined—really an honor—to be joined by Clark Hunt, FC Dallas chairman and CEO. I guess that would make Clark Nico's boss's boss. So we're, we're we're moving our way up the uh, up the ladder here with FC Dallas today. Pretty exciting. Of course, Clark is also chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's among the NFL's most influential owners. The Hunt Family Foundation does so much good, focused on children's health and wellness and helping families in crisis. He graduated. First in his class at SMU while playing four years on the nationally ranked soccer team. Clark, thanks so much for joining us. Uh,
4: Kevin, it's great to be on with you this morning.
1: So Clark, uh, before we get to FC Dallas, um, I know you had hoped to be playing in the Super Bowl this weekend, um, but the success you've had the past years uh, with the Chief on and off the field is very admirable. Uh, How have you been able to achieve it and sustain it, uh, this run that you're on?
4: Uh, well, it's definitely been one of the most exciting periods in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs here over the last four years. And we are disappointed not to be playing this Sunday. Uh, the team had a, a really tremendous season, uh, one of the most exciting that it, that I can uh, ever remember. Um, it really goes back to having the, the right people. Uh, we were fortunate nine years ago uh, to bring Andy Reid uh, to Kansas City. And he, along with our general manager, Brett Veach, and our president, Mark Donovan, have done a tremendous job uh, of running the franchise and really bringing in outstanding people across the board. Uh, Of course, that includes uh, the the players and uh, having Patrick Mahomes certainly doesn't hurt. Um, But we look forward to to more uh, great years ahead. Um, It's an exciting time to be a Chiefs fan.
1: Well, Clark, I have a lot of friends who are Chiefs fans here in Dallas, so I, I get the, the scoop and the skinny and obviously I cheer uh, for, the fan, uh, for the Chiefs as well. Um, I can only imagine what it meant to you after the 2019 season to host that Lamar Hunt uh, trophy named after your late dad uh, and give it to the champions of the AFC. What, what was that like for you and your family?
4: Uh, that that's one of those moments that I'll never forget uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, the trophy was named after my dad in 1984, and although the the team had competed in a couple of AFC Championship games, we had never won the trophy uh, that had his name on it. And so to be able to stand on the stage in front of our fans uh, who had waited so so long for the team to go back to the Super Bowl. And to be able to hand that trophy with my dad's name on it uh, to my mother was truly, truly a special moment.
1: So your dad was such a pioneer, so many sports, football, tennis, uh, and of course, soccer. Uh, He was involved in the pro football uh, when he started the North American Soccer League in 1968. How did your dad become so passionate about uh, soccer?
4: Going back to my dad's youth, uh, he loved sports. Um, his nickname as a child growing up was Games because he was always creating games for his family and, and friends to play. So I think it was only fitting that he got into the pro sports business after he graduated from college. Uh, but growing up, my dad didn't really play soccer. You know, soccer was uh, you know still a regionalized sport uh, back in those days in the United States, and he really hadn't been exposed to it too too much. Uh, But he had a chance to go to uh, a pro game uh, when he was courting my mother, ironically, in Ireland. He saw a Shamrock Rovers game in about 1963, and I think that that really struck him. And then several years later, he had a chance to watch the final between West Germany and England, the World Cup final in 1966, which is one of the greatest games uh, ever played. And he was really struck by the passion of the fans. Um, he had never never seen a sporting event like that, and my, my dad was always about, about the fans. And so I think that stuck in the back of his mind. So uh, when the opportunity came in 1968 for him to get involved uh, with the North American Soccer League, he was very excited to, to do so. And that really kicked off our family's 50-plus year involvement in the sport of soccer here in the States.
1: So much contribution to, to sport and just overall in general from your dad. I was happened to be with your your brother Dan yesterday at the ATP Dallas Open watching a little tennis, and uh, uh, he, he gave me some nuggets in there and some trivia that uh, I didn't know, so I, I learned even more about tennis and, uh, and your father. So uh, that was fun experience and, and a great event in itself. Mm-hmm um switching to fc dallas lots of changes with fc dallas this uh off season including including the naming of your new head coach uh, nico who we just talked with uh what is your message to fc dallas fans coming into this uh next season
4: well we're very excited to have nico here in dallas we think he's going to do a tremendous job leading the franchise Um, He comes with an incredible pedigree, uh, having been an assistant coach with the U.S. national team. Uh, He has experience uh, in his native country of Spain and is really, really just a a talented guy. I've been so impressed watching him operate uh, over the last six weeks as he's gotten to work on building the roster for the 22 uh, campaign. Um, We were not satisfied uh, last year. We we expect to be competing for a championship every year at FC Dallas, and typically the team's been in the playoffs, but we had a down year last year, um, and that's why we felt we needed to make a change, and I think we've got a great coach, and just watching the moves that uh, he and our technical director, Andre Zanota, have made have me really excited uh, about the team this year. I think it's going to be, be a, a great team to watch. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch and a team that, you know, has the, the possibility of going far in the playoffs. Mark, we
0: had uh, technical director Andre Zenota on uh, last season. We're really impressed with him. You know, some some key acquisitions this offseason. Uh, Alan Velasco, the Argentine, you know, big contract, big commitment uh, to him as a young, young player. Uh, picking up Paul Ariola from D.C. United, what does that say about the the, the green light you've given Andre and the, the approach that he's taking uh, to, to get the team to the next level and back in the playoffs, as you mentioned?
4: Yeah, well, as I mentioned, as an organization, we were not satisfied uh, with the results last year and we knew we had had to get better. Um, that, that started with bringing in Nico uh, as the head coach. Um, but the players that you, you've re- referenced, Velasco and Paul Areola, <clears throat> are outstanding attacking players. And I, I felt last year that was a, an area where we fell short. Uh, we, we just were not dynamic enough uh, in the attacking third on a, on a consistent basis. Uh, and so Andre did a great job uh, both working inside the league on the Paul Areola trade and then uh, you know finding – Alan Velasco and, and convincing him to come to Dallas. Those are going to be very exciting players that are, I think our fans will be very excited about. <clears throat> but I would also mention uh, the MLS draft. Um, it's it's not not an area that gets a lot lot of focus, but I really think the players that we drafted this year, Isaiah Parker, Lucas Bartlett, and and Tiki in the first round. Th- those three players are going to make an impact uh, on the on the roster this year. Have a chance. Uh, to play some meaningful minutes and really help us hopefully become a championship team.
0: You've got great success with with your academy. Uh, Dallas, such a hotbed for soccer. What makes Dallas such a rich soccer market uh, for fans and and for kids?
4: Well, it, it really goes back to 1968 to my dad, right? With the creation of the Dallas Tornado of the North American Soccer League. Uh, the players who came to play for the Tornado were primarily from the United Kingdom, and of course, they weren't making uh, very, very much uh, playing soccer in the, those days, so they all needed summer jobs, uh, so they started clinics and camps and youth soccer teams, and that really caused uh, Dallas to become one of the hotbeds for youth soccer, and that's something that's just built uh, over the last 50 years. Uh, both my brother Dan and I uh, were beneficiaries of that. I started playing soccer uh, because of the Dallas tornado when I was six or seven years old, and and my brother did did the same, and uh, you know countless uh, youth across the metroplex uh, have had the opportunity to be exposed to to very good coaching here here in Dallas. Uh, that's something that that FC Dallas as an organization has focused on for the last fifteen years. Uh, that's been something we've been very um, um, very focused on because it's important to the development of our first team roster. And we've had a number of homegrown players um, uh, well, well uh, into the 20s, if not 30s, who we've signed to to pro contracts, uh, many of whom have now gone on uh, to star for the US national team and a number of them who are playing in Europe at this point. Uh, so it, it's really that, that continuum uh, working together, but it all goes back to my dad in the Dallas tornado.
0: Well, and that, that rich heritage and the passion at all levels of soccer in, in Dallas has to be an advantage with the World Cup bid, right? And, and what would it mean for Dallas-Fort Worth to, to win? You know, Monica has worked so hard on her team uh, for so long on this, and we're approaching the decision uh, time relatively soon here. What would it mean for Dallas to, to get the World Cup back?
4: Well, Dallas's history with soccer is really intertwined with the World Cup. I mentioned my dad uh, becoming passionate about the sport, watching the 1966 final. Uh, Of course, uh, some of us who were here in 1994 remember the impact that the World Cup had when it came to the United States for the first time, and what a great job Dallas did serving as one of the host venues. And as we look forward to 26. It's so exciting that the World Cup's coming back to the United States. I, I think Dallas has to be a leading candidate uh, to land a, a number of games, perhaps uh, some of the important uh, games uh, from a knockout and, and maybe championship standpoint. Uh, Monica done a fantastic job of, of working on that bid along with my, my brother Dan and it would really, you know, just be an explanation point uh, to what's been going on with the sport uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for the for us to get games uh, back in Dallas in, in 26, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Clark, our our producer Marcus Carr is a grad student at SMU studying sports management. He's got a quick question uh, for you,
5: Clark. Obviously, your family has a rich history in sports business, but you personally. What is the best sports business advice you've received throughout your career?
4: Well, not not surprisingly, I, I would say it came from my dad. Um, it's a, a lesson that he taught uh, really uh, our entire family, and something that we we've tried to live as we lead uh, FC Dallas and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that is, it's really about the fans. Um, I think a lot of sports teams, you know, get get caught up thinking it's a, it's about the owner or about something else. But at the end of the day, the business is really about the fans. And you've got to do what you can to make the experience at the stadium really, really special for the fans, uh, because they're the backbone of the franchise.
1: So, Clark, before we let you go, uh, I just have one more World Cup question, and thank you for the comments that you made earlier. You gave me butterflies and uh, almost mm-hmm. made me cry, and uh, I'm, I'm really uh, anticip- getting ready for this anticipation of uh, this announcement uh, later this year as host cities. But, uh, uh, you know, your father was very instrumental in the, the World Cup, bringing the World Cup in 1994, and obviously the legacy after the World Cup. Uh, with the the creation of the MLS, and what that's meant for our country, you have any thoughts on what could be the legacy, or what do we hope both even Eve in Kansas City? Because I know you're you're part of that bid as well, uh, here in Dallas, throughout the United States. What could be the the legacy after the 2026 World Cup?
4: Well, the the World Cup is played on such a big stage. Uh, it's an opportunity not only for the United States but for all the big cities uh, who ultimately host games to be able to showcase everything that's great about their city uh, on the global stage. Uh, So so it's a chance for Dallas, it's a chance for Kansas City uh, to show the world what a great place this is, not only to watch a soccer match, but what a great place it is to to live, work and play. And I really think that's that's one of the great uh, benefits of getting to host World Cup matches.
1: Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think uh, for our youth uh, component and, you know, number of uh, people here, we were talking earlier about that compete and play soccer, uh, the numbers is o- only growing. And I think we're short, some, you know, some soccer fields uh, here for to be able to accommodate some of that demand. So we're hoping that uh, we'll be able to uh, increase the number of soccer fields that we have here in the DFW area for that. So, Clark, I really, really appreciate you joining us uh, here today uh, on the mic drop. I want to just mention one more time to our listeners, uh, season opener for FC Dallas, February 26th uh, against Toronto. Go to fcdallas.com for for tickets. But thank you again, Clark.
4: Uh, Absolutely. My pleasure to be on with you this morning. Thank you very much. We're looking forward to getting the, the season underway.
1: Sounds great. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors.
2: The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information.
0: Now we're very pleased to be joined by FC Dallas beat reporter for thestrikertexas.com, John Arnold. Now thestrikertexas.com provides content for the Dallas Morning News. So you can also kind of look at John as the morning news beat reporter for the for FC Dallas. He also writes the newsletter, Getting CONCACAF. I checked one out the other day. Very entertaining. I recommend that highly. It'll be worth the money, I promise. And you can follow him on Twitter at Arnold John. Also a fun follow on Twitter for all things soccer. Uh, John, thanks for uh, for joining us today on the Mic Drop. Good to have you on.
5: Oh, my pleasure. Great to be here.
0: So you 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 you're the uh, you know kind of next in the batting order following Nico Estevez and and Clark Hunt. So you get to kind of back clean up here or or uh, it's not exactly the right reference but
5: well I, I don't know about baseball anyway so I'll accept it. Whatever you tell me I'll believe. <laughs> yeah, so so
0: you're, you 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 the last word I guess would be the way to say it here. Obviously they were both optimistic and the changes that were made in the offseason, But break it down for us. I mean, obviously, we talked a lot last year on the show about Ricardo Pepe, you know, and of course, he's now playing in Germany, which is what we knew sort of the inevitable course of action and good for him. Great player that we hope we'll see star on the U.S. men's national team for years and in World Cup in 2026 and in Dallas, hopefully. But break it down for us. Uh, What do you expect uh, this season uh, for FC Dallas?
5: Well, I think it's a season that has a lot of expectations on it. You know, Pepe was this enormous figure, probably a generational talent. We hope to see him succeed abroad. But uh, what about the first team of FC Dallas has always been sort of the question after these big, big players get sold. And this time, to the Hunt's credit, you know, they backed the sale with more investment in players that are first team ready when you look at Alan Velasco coming from Argentina I was just able to speak with several colleagues uh, from Buenos Aires about how good he's been how much of a a key player he can be for FC Dallas how important he was for one of Argentina's biggest clubs when you look at Paul Ariola, a kind of proven talent you know these are players who have shown on the biggest stage that they've done it before and in past you know, instances of FC Dallas selling players, there hasn't necessarily been that obvious sustainment perhaps of quality, but the investment has been made from ownership this time around. I think they really want to back Nico Estevez, who you guys spoke with, uh, you know, let him work in the way he wants to work, make sure he's not hamstrung by lack of anything, certainly not lack of financial resources. So I, I think there should be some expectation from fans. First of all, that the season will be better from better than last year which is the bar that FC Dallas has set. You know, this is a team that's always been in the MLS playoffs. It's always been fighting for titles, if not winning them. So I think they can certainly get back to that level. And then you start looking, okay, after Estevez's system gets embedded, after players understand the idea, in two, maybe three years, are they able to do something they've never been able to do since MLS started in 1996 and win MLS Cup? We could be having those discussions. But I think this year, the, the expectation, both from fans and ownership, should be, Get back to the playoffs, get this team back in a way that I don't want to use the word embarrassing about last year, but it wasn't to the team standard. And I think fans were rightfully frustrated. And it looks to me from the outside like they've built a roster that's capable of getting back into the playoffs, being respectable and being what FC Dallas fans are used to for so long. What
0: have you seen so far just in training and, and a couple of preseason games about uh, style of play and just Nico's what, what Nico ball uh, will look like, so to speak?
5: Sure. I think it's interesting because we're, we're sort of still getting an idea of what exactly he finds his philosophy to be. But you do see a lot of parallels with Greg Berhalter, the current coach of the U.S. men's national team, who he worked with for a very long time. Uh, there is a desire for the ball. There is a desire to dominate with possession. Uh, I think that'll be interesting and good. I think it might be a little less uh, ball driven than what we saw under Luchi Gonzalez, which was keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. Um, So maybe there's a little bit more willingness to go a different route if plan A isn't working. It seems like plan B and plan C will sort of be fleshed out in a lot of different ways. So I think that's something that fans can look forward to. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's funny because we joke in soccer that every single manager and every single introductory news conference comes and they promise it's going to be exciting soccer. It's not going to be boring. We're going to play beautiful soccer. It's going to be fun for fans to watch. And of course, not every manager can fulfill that promise, but it does seem like Nico's style of play will be aesthetically pleasing, that it'll be a lot of nice attacks that'll it give players like Alan Velasco, like Paul Arriola, like returning players like, like Paxton Pomical, Jesus Ferreira, Javier O'Brien the freedom in attack to sort of do what they want to do, to express themselves when they have the ball. And I do think that that can be quite uh, pleasing to the eye when fans are in the stadium or watching on TV.
1: So John, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go read the getting Concacaf. Uh, that that's very intriguing to me. So I, I'm glad that Sully brought that up. But uh, you know, we host a lot of uh, international soccer here this this past year the Concacaf Gold Cup. Uh, I think nine matches in the Mex tour every year. But the big one we're working on uh, uh, right now is uh, is bringing the World Cup back in 2026. So. Um based on your your thoughts or just wanted to get your thoughts on what could that mean for Dallas what do you think our chances are you know what what would that look like for 2026
5: Yeah I mean having looked at at the bids and specifically the US and Mexico Canada's kind of seem locked in Mexico's kind of seem locked in you know, I'm quite biased. I'm sitting here in in beautiful Oak Cliff. So you know I certainly have uh, cards on the table, would love to see games here in, in Dallas Fort Worth. But uh, looking at the bids and comparing it to other places where I was able to travel this year where I spoke to people leading bids in other cities, you know, I'm certainly impressed by the Dallas Fort Worth bid and and understand why FIFA executives would be as well. I think it's a it's a great opportunity for the region, not just for the sport, but for sports in general, to sort of uh, reinforce the belief that Dallas Fort Worth is this city that hosts these amazing global sporting events and and has culture and and all sorts of other things that you want to find in these host cities you know, having the, the privilege to cover the 2018 World Cup in Russia, you talk about putting cities on the map, and there are literally cities that I never would have heard of. And I'd like to think of myself as pretty well read and, and well researched, of course, as a journalist, but, you know, Samara. It's not a city that we knew too much about going into the World Cup, and then you spend a few days there, you spend your dollars there, or or rubles in that case, and, you know, have a nice time and and certainly think about Samara more than you ever would have before, and that's the case for, of course, thousands of fans who are traveling to support their teams. you know, players themselves who want to get back when they're able to to spend the well-earned money they earned as players on vacations and things as, as players retired or, or maybe even, you know, thinking, oh, maybe MLS is a place I want to come in my career. So I, I think it literally does kind of put a city on the map when they're selected to be a host city for the FIFA World Cup. And, you know, look, you guys sell Dallas. I don't need to. But, uh, you know, I think that they'll find a pretty exciting spot if they are able to uh to to enjoy games here and i am expecting you know that there will be uh you know will be games here and important games here to boot
0: glad to hear you say that because obviously you know what you're talking about with this stuff this is the portion of the podcast john where we ask our media guests to give us a download or a streaming recommendation could be book movie tv podcast music You name it so so what do you got for us what are you what are you streaming what are you downloading these days
5: yeah i wanted to uh shout out the dallas public library their uh, ebook loan program is fantastic i'm always rolling through books on the kindle there um i've got the fortune men which i'm really excited about it's a book by uh not mohammed it was nominated for a bunch of awards last year i'm just cracking that and getting into it so i'm really looking forward to that but i i need a little decompression i need a novel so i picked uh, something fiction i usually read nonfiction, but you know now and then it gets a little heavy so i'm excited to see what this one has for me
0: what's a uh and I appreciate that you went non-sports. We, we like that. And I, I used the Libby app as my download several episodes ago. I'm a big believer. Uh, I'm reading right now the Adam Grant uh, book through the Libby app. So way to go. Shout out Dallas Public Library. That should be part of the World Cup bid, Monica. We've got a great uh, public library with digital assets. But what if for, for soccer fans, what's a, um, and maybe not a mainstream thing, maybe it's something obscure. But what's a a documentary, a movie, a TV show? Don't mention Ted Lasso because everybody <laughs> we've heard we've heard that one a lot. But you have a a soccer recommendation for us?
5: Yeah, the Maradona documentary uh, that came out on HBO a couple years ago, and there's been several since his passing, unfortunately, um, but that have come out that have been really good. But that one that came out mostly chronicling his time in Napoli really helps you understand why argentines literally some of them not most of them but some of them literally consider them to be a god they literally there's a church of maradona that exists and i think if you want to dig into hey where's the history come from the ball is round by david goldblatt is a book that's always sort of a, a great starter point for understanding you know we're a bit i don't want to say arrogant in the soccer world but we certainly have our own perception And a lot of times in the u.s sports culture we sort of get set apart i don't like that i want to be part of kind of the mainstream but at the same time you understand it, and Goldblad does a great job sort of explaining the the social, the social and and kind of cultural perspectives that have ended up in soccer, meaning so much to so many people around the world. And, you know, also in the United States, right, we, we certainly care about soccer, but in a different way than they do in Brazil, and they care about it in Brazil in a different way than they care about it in the Netherlands, for instance. So uh, Goldblatt's book is a great starter point there, but that Maradona documentary and the, and the ball is round, I think, are two really kind of foundational texts that can help you understand soccer. And if you're already a soccer fan, have plenty of nuggets in there that'll still keep you interested and entertained.
0: Right, good stuff monica what's
5: your
1: download uh, this week oh Sally, it's all been olympics 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 by the time i get home that's that's what i turn on to get caught up for the day so um exciting uh, stuff uh it was a big night last night so uh i'm looking forward to continuing that here for the next week
0: yeah I, i'm right there with you the uh I, i've been heavy 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 olympics i did squeeze in of course my weekly dose of billions and showtime which i love and a new show, a recommendation from my son Terry, who's a lead pipe cinch on recommendations. And this is this has a little bit of a Dallas Sports Commission angle, Monica. It's a show on stars called Heels. Uh, there's only there's this is the first season of it, and it's about a small time wrestling promotion in Georgia. Uh, but we, you know we're all in WrestleMania WWE mode, and this is not endorsed by or even in the same ionosphere is what WWE is, but I enjoyed the first episode of Heels, but that was just a, a quick squeeze in around all my uh, all the Olympic programming, and of course, on, on Sunday, the Super Bowl and the Olympics are happening for the first time on the same day, for the first time in history, a result of the NFL schedule being being extended a week, and and speaking of the, of the Super Bowl, we have to give a shout-out to Dallas' own, Matthew Stafford, uh, starting at quarterback for the Rams after – uh, I think 12 years or thereabouts with the Lions. Uh, so, so way to go, Matthew Stafford. Way to go, uh, uh, Rams. I'm pulling for the Rams. That's my pick for the game. Uh, one last question for for John before we let you go. Now, I noticed in some of your content, you're you're a Deep Ellum fan, right? You're, you you're you're. So, what what is your favorite spot in in Deep Elm? A music venue? What do you, what do you like? Uh, I, I'm a fan as well. What do you got for us, Deep ellum wise?
5: I have a secret one that's like a locals only favorite you can find me here too often I actually don't like to talk about it but I'll do it for mic drop mocha it's a, ca- a coffee shop attached to Life and Deep Elm uh, church and the art gallery it's one of my favorite places to work the internet unbeatable quiet spot no one disturbs writers while they're writing I've seen some other uh, journalists in there it's kind of a locals only hangout. But uh, Anvil, Anvil Pub. If you're gonna do a, a cocktail or want to have more of a night out, if you have coffee during the day, go to Mocha, and then you can transition over to to Anvil over on Elm. That's my that's my spot. The uh, the 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 smoked old fashions that they have, I think it's called the Bonnie and Clyde. Unbelievable!
0: Wow, another great recommendation. Yeah, I, I uh, the '90s was kind of my Deep Elm heyday with Trees and Club Clearview and Deep Elm Live, and there was a place, the Galaxy Club. Uh Rehab Room was there for about 20 minutes. I saw I saw a show there. Uh, now, these days, I'm more of Kane Rosso and Emporium Pies is more my speed, but we love, uh, love, love Deep Ellum. So we're going to have to, Monica, I think we should bring Steve Davis back for a unification bout with John in terms of our, our favorite soccer experts. This was really a, uh, a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us,
5: John. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, I'd love to chat with Steve as well. We actually, you know, now and then you can find us in the same spot in Deep Ellum. So I'll love there and I like his chances in a fight because Steve's in great shape. So I'll, I'll pass on that. But if we're just drinking, I'll, I'll have a good time.
0: Yeah, he's a great guy. So thanks. Thanks uh, for being here on behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas sports commission. Thanks to our guests, Nico Estevez, Clark Hunt, and John Arnold all in on FC Dallas this week. Thanks to the Mike drop production team, Daniel White, La Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, and Reeves Edens, all of Tony Faye PR. Thanks to Mark and Jay at Vocal Media. And, of course, our showrunner, Tony Faye. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.